Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash EFCT and become a subscriber for shoutouts. Access to bloopers, exclusive interviews, sweet, sweet merchandise, and much more. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Throwing Shade! Chicago, there are 3,376,438 stories in this demurely clothed city. 3,376,438 And many of those stories, too many, are sordid, dangerous, and violent. And wherever there is danger and violence, there is the masked marauder. Millionaire playboy Cranston Lamont using his pre-natural ability to hide in dark places, which he learned in a Chinese takeaway, fights the hordes of the Chicago underworld as his alter ego, the masked marauder. Barely assisted by his personal secretary, Marlowe Street, he brings black-cloaked justice to a lawless and corrupt city. This week's daring adventure, The Case of the Ruby Bracelet, is brought to you by the fine folks at Ammo Bleach. The only chlorine bleach with the added cleaning power of ammonia. Ammo Bleach. It's a gas. Last week on The Masked Marauder. Huh? And now, The Case of the Ruby Bracelet. Act 1, Scene 1. Bad news. Cranston Lamont's morning coffee turns bitter. One morning at stately Lamont Manor, millionaire playboy Cranston Lamont was listening to some jazz on the radio while enjoying his morning coffee. Is there anything else I can bring you, Master Lamont? No, Wilfred, I'm perfectly happy listening to some light jazz and enjoying my morning coffee. I can't think of a single thing I need. Very good, sir. Wait a moment, Wilfred. Yes, sir. Has the morning paper come yet? I shall go and check. Anything else, sir? Oh, no, Wilfred, not a thing. Very good, sir. Oh, Wilfred, one more thing. Yes, sir? Perhaps a Danish, if there's one available. But only if it's no bother. I'm sure I can find something, sir. Cook's been baking most of the morning. So you desire the morning paper and a Danish. Anything else? Oh, no, I'm completely contented as I am. Excellent, sir. What are you waiting for, Wilfred? Nothing, sir. Wilfred! There it is. Yes, sir. Perhaps a bit more coffee. Of course, sir. My pleasure. Reclining in his comfortable leather wingback chair, Cranston Lamont meditated on how good life was. Life is good. But this gentle reverie was interrupted by the phone. Wilfred? Marlowe? Well then. No worries. <laughs> Don't anyone trouble themselves. I'll get it. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Lamont? The voice on the other end of the line was one Cranston immediately recognized. Police Chief O'Mara. Sure. And ain't I surprised to be finding you answering your own phone? Well, we all have to chip in during these unprecedented times, Chief O'Mara. What can I do for you? Have you seen the morning paper? Why, no, I haven't. Why? 
Cranston, have you seen the morning paper? No, Marlowe, I haven't. What's happening with the morning papers? Chief O'Mara is also worried. Sir, sir, you must take a look at the morning paper. Very well. Everyone relax. Chief, I'm putting you on my brand new speakerphone invention so you can hear everyone in the room. Now let me see what's so urgent. Great Scott! Who? Not who, Marlowe. What? This right here on the front page. I know. I know. I know! They say it's going to rain and I just had the car washed. No, my dear. While that is disturbing, I was referring to this story. Thieves leave grieves grieving. You know it must be serious as Variety is reporting it. Starlet Lydia Greaves had her mansion broken into last night and her priceless ruby bracelet was stolen. The poor girl must be beside herself. She's going to need a bigger room then. That's not... I'll explain later. Mr. Lamont, we here at police headquarters are baffled. To be sure, to be sure. Could you reach out to the masked marauder for his assistance? Tis truly a dark day in Chicago, if we can't protect helpless millionaires. Of course, Chief O'Mara. I'll get in touch with him immediately. He'll meet you at Miss Greaves's mansion to investigate. Oh, tis truly a wonderful day. So it is, so it is. I knew we could count on you, Mr. Lamont. Only doing my duty as a concerned citizen, Chief. The masked marauder will see you soon. Shall I cancel your appointments for the day, sir? Well, Fred, I'm Cranston's secretary. I should be doing that. Oh, of course. I do apologize, Miss Street. No problem. Wilfred, cancel Mr. Lamont's appointments for the day. Of course, Miss Street. And shall you still be wanting that Danish, sir? Of course, Wilfred. No crime is so urgent that it justifies skipping breakfast, the most important meal of the day. I suspected as much. Here you are, sir. I shall go prepare the Marauder Mobile. Yes? Actually, not near, Wilfred. Come along, Marlowe. It's time for the masked marauder to dispense justice. There's only one thing I don't understand. What's that, Marlowe? The chief said that the bracelet was priceless. Why would anyone go to the trouble of stealing something that's not worth anything? Oh, Marlowe. <laughs> Act 1, Scene 2. The window cracked. Not everything is as it seems. A short time later, after a lecture on the true meaning of the term priceless, the master marauder and Marlowe Street arrived at the fashionable home of starlet Lydia Greaves in the Marauder Mobile, Cranston Lamont's customized 1935 Baker Land Cruiser. <laughs> Gee, Marauder, I'm always so impressed with the comfort and smooth ride of the Marauder Mobile. I just wish I could drive it one day. That's what I like about you, Marlowe, your sense of humor. Inside, they found Chief O'Mara consoling a bereft Lydia Greaves. <laughs> oh, there, there. Sure, and ain't it a shame to be marring such a pretty face with tears? <laughs> oh, now pull yourself together, dearie. Things will be looking up, sure they will. I can attest to that, Miss Greaves. Faith and Begora, tis the masked marauder himself. See, now stop the waterworks. For ain't the Calvary arrived? It has? I didn't see any horses. Did you, Marauder? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm being foolish. But the bracelet was my grandmother's. Completely understandable. Now, Miss Greaves, how did the thieves get in? I don't know. 
I'm so upset I can't even think straight. All I know is when I woke up this morning, my jewelry box was open, the contents strewn about my bedroom, and the bracelet was gone. You poor thing. And you slept through it all. Yes. Thank goodness. I shudder to think what would have happened had I awoken during the robbery. When I arrived, I found that the downstairs windows had been broken. Thank you, Chief. Let's take a look at that window. The masked marauder examined the broken window, bringing to bear the highly developed mind of the world's greatest detective. Chief O'Mara, would you and Miss Street walk around the outside of the building and see if the perpetrator left any footprints? If I remember correctly, it was a foggy, damp night, so the grass should have been wet enough to hold an impression. Of course, Marauder. What should I do? I'll explain on the way. Your assistant seems very pretty. Yes, she is that. (laughs) Now, Miss Greaves, why did the thief leave all your other jewelry and take only that bracelet? I have no idea. How can I fathom the depths of the criminal mind? I'm merely an innocent victim. Saying nothing, the masked marauder knelt to examine the jewelry and the rug. Why are you examining the rug? Marauder, I really think Chief O'Mara has lost his senses. He just had me walk all the way around the building looking for footprints that weren't there. It's true, Marauder. Nary a one. As I suspected, there aren't any on the rug either, which there would be had someone entered this room after walking through a muddy lawn. But... Also... These pieces of jewelry are imitations. Excellent fakes, definitely good enough to fool a common thief, but they were left behind, which can mean only one thing. We'll return to the case of the ruby bracelet after a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you tired of scrubbing and scrubbing your home only to find your cleaning products aren't up to the task? Don't despair. Get Ammo Bleach. Ammo Bleach is the heavy-duty bleach that cuts through any filth and grime with barely any scrubbing. It practically eats away mold and mildew, leaving behind a clean, sparkling surface. And that's not all. It works on any pests of any size. Clean a room with Ammo Bleach. Close the door, and a few minutes later, you'll return to a room devoid of vermin. So get the bleach that blasts through dirt. Ammo Bleach. It's a gas. And now... Back to our story. Um, where, where's the... Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the music from the album, Music to Cover Technical Difficulties by... going on? Why is he not talking? There is nothing but rustling. Which reminds me, we should do a western. There's no more script. Vance? It's true, Otto. We have no more pages. So what do we do now? Make it up. Okay, but how is doing my face going to help? No, Anna. He means create the script as we go. Improvise? What does he think we are, jazz musicians? You heard me. Now hurry. I'll go find Marion. Get back on the air before anyone switches over to the barely contented housewife. Which reminds me, I need to call my wife. Well, you heard the man. Improvise. Here we go. Thank you, Bobby and Sissy, for that emergency serenade. And now, back to our story. When we last left our heroes, the mass marauder had just said... Had just said... 
Ow! Oh, sorry. Which can mean only one thing. Oh? And what's that? Um, uh, uh, isn't it obvious? Um, no. There was no footprints, so obviously the thieves could fly. Exactly. What? Yes, if he didn't leave footprints, it had to be because he was floating. But people don't float. That's Aliens! Are you out of your mind? Uh, Oops, Uh, I mean, the mass marauder thought Marlowe Street was out of her mind. Uh, I guess that sounds plausible. Seriously, do you not listen to anything I say? A thought has struck me. More like a narrator. Aliens don't exist. Says who? That's the most logical thing she's said all day. All season, really. The aliens floated in and took the bracelet because their spaceship runs on rubies. Exactly. You're just making this up. Isn't that what Otto said to do? The Master Marauder. But you're genre hopping. We have to keep it somewhat within the bounds of reality. Ahem. The Masked Marauder. Helvia, I'm disappointed in you. I expect this tomfoolery from the others, but you're a professional. Lydia would go along with anything that moves suspicion off of her. Can we please bring this back to... I can't work with such unprofessional... Focus! You can't hit me. I'm a star. Now, you're starstruck. This is terrible, horrible, das Unglück. Whenever I have that problem, I call a plumber. What's wrong? Marion, she is gone, vanished, felt. Which field is she in? Nine. And no, Anna, I don't mean that she is in nine fields. I mean she has disappeared along with the rest of the script. Not the time, Herb. Sorry, Foley's in the blood, you know. You should see a doctor. What are we going to do? Herb, what did we just say? It wasn't me. I don't even own a metronome. Uh, how about a country gnome? We used to have one of those on our front lawn. There is a darkness in the minds of men. Hey, what's that? A darkness in their hearts. Where's that voice coming from? A darkness in a room with no lights. Even I know that. And who knows that darkness? Who? Who? The Shade knows. The Shade? What is in that? The the person who the Masked Marauder is based on, yes. Why does he get a narrator? And why is he better than you? Yeah, I mean, hey. I find the metronome repetitive and annoying. Interesting theme music, though. Scourge of Chicago's underbelly. Ooh, nice touch. Find out on this week's episode of Throwing Shade. We never met a episode we didn't like. What in the name of... Zanhook Cigar is going on here. Moidle? You bellowed, Mr. Goldwing? Previously on Throwing Shade. Pasta Fajul! Did that sound like Chief Cannoli? Never mind that. Why are my actors not doing this week's episode of The Masked Marauder? I... And why are their voices coming out of nowhere? I don't have any. There's a fortune and sponsorship going up in smoke here, and I want some answers. Act one, scene one. Art imitates art. Sammy Goldwing wants some answers. Okay, that's creepy. The current episode of The Masked Marauder had broken down in mid-story. Due to the disappearance of head writer Marion Sturgis and the rest of the script. Is it true? 
Yeah, yeah, I just discovered her office had been ransacked and she was gone. Everyone was shocked. (gasps) Who would want to kidnap Marion and sabotage the show? Moidol? Right here, Mr. Goldwing. Get the rest of the writing staff to work finishing the episode, because I can't take any more floating aliens. I can't do that, Mr. Goldwing. How could you, Moidol? After all I've done to you, this is how you repay me? Betrayal? Sammy. Don't defend her, Otto. I know what I heard. She refused me. Right to my face. People can't do that to Sammy Goldwyn. It's in their contract. Myrtle Pierce drew herself up to her full height. I never knew you were that tall. A look of cool dignity on her face. Mr. Goldwing, I cannot fulfill your request because we do not have a writing staff. Marion was our only writer. Sammy Goldwing was stunned. I'm stunned. We heard. Why would we only have one writer? Marion insisted. And you went along with it because it meant you only had to pay one salary. (laughs) Not now, Herb. Sorry, force of habit. Has it occurred to anyone that we're stuck in an episode for someone else's radio show? The disembodied voice from nowhere kind of gave that away, Elvia. Then maybe we could call the guy whose show this is. You know, the shade. Suddenly, Sammy Goldwing had a brilliant idea. I just got a brilliant idea. As a narrator, I would find that incredibly annoying. Tell me about it. Moidle, get that Rockwell fella and that dame with the typewriter over here pronto. Oh, you trust me again. How touching. Moidle, you know you're the only one around here I can count on. I was under a lot of pressure. You forgive me, don't you? Of course, Mr. Goldwing. I was foolish to be so upset. I'll get right to it. That's my girl. The rest of you, fix this broadcast. But no aliens! On nerds! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed our comedic parody, What Would Happen Without a Script? Anna, say something. What? Perfect. Hey, that's my job. Act one, scene two. What? But we just... Okay, fine. Whatever you say. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not sure what's going on, but somehow we ended up in scene three. I don't know about you, but I feel like we're behind somehow. Like I missed something. And someone else has been doing my job. But I digress. Okay, here we are. Act 1, Scene 3. The play's the thing. Life is just a layer cake of crazy. After receiving Myrtle's call, Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday morning arrived at WNDY Radio to find everyone in a state of chaos. This is chaos. Everyone, please calm down. Excellent. Now, what seems to be the problem? Well, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. This is crazy. Nobody has any answer. Well, that cleared that right up. Better. Now, one at a time, what happened? As coherently as they could, the cast and crew explained the situation to Theo and Wednesday. Losing your writer? That's terrible. Wait, how did they figure out what happened? 
the disembodied voice said we told them. That's true. It did. I don't remember saying anything, though. Do any of you? To be fair, I rarely speak. Well, I don't remember saying anything. And when I talk, you know it. What are you all talking about? Wednesday, what are they all talking about? Beats me. I think they're in shock. I will have you know, Missy, that we are all in complete possession of our faculties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which reminds me, I have to send a check to that boarding school, otherwise my children will be coming home this weekend. Stop beating around the bush. We have a... It's a figure of speech. Are you telling us you don't hear that voice? Theo and Wednesday were confused. I'm confused. What voice? That one. The one that just spoke. The one that sounds just like me. Except with more training. And better enunciation. Like... Like a voice narrating everything that's happening. Definitely shock. You know what? Never mind. Let's just focus on finding our writer and script. All right. So we know Otto. Myrtle... Miss Pierce to you. Mr. Goldwing. Sammy's sweetheart. Yeah, still not gonna happen. Melvin and Anna. Present. What a delightful change of pace. But who are the rest of you? I'm Herb Kelpert, the Foley artist. I love Foley artists. They really make an episode come alive. Oh, stop showing off, Herb. It wasn't me. What wasn't you? Never mind. And you are? I'm Godfrey Fetterman, the narrator. And I'm Elvia Ace, the other cast members. Other cast member? You mean... That I play every other character in the show? Absolutely. It's my duty to. Voice all the other citizens... That the Masked Marauder and Marlowe run into. That's incredible! It certainly is. Is that typical in radio? It's typical here. Sammy loves it because you're amazingly talented. And he only has to pay one salary. You say that like it's a bad thing. When was the last time anyone saw Marion? This morning, when she dropped off the pages for the episode. She said she was heading back to her office to finish. Why wasn't the script already done? This was typical for Marion. The weekly deadline was getting harder and harder for her to meet on her own. Godfrey, this isn't an episode. Godfrey Fadiman looked suitably chastened. There really was no reason to narrate that. Everyone could see. Who's narrating what now? Do you really not hear that voice? Maybe it is, aliens. Look, I just need you two to get the shade and the vamp to find Marion. Without her, I've got no show. And no show means no listeners. And no listeners means... Oh, oh, I know, I know. We're all out of work. For this, she wakes up. Don't worry, Mr. Goldwing. We'll talk to the shade and the vamp. Can we see Miss Sturgis's office? Yeah, yeah, I'll show you the way. Which reminds me, I'm really in the mood for some cottage cheese. Dejected and confused, the rest of the WNDY staff wondered what exactly was going on. I wonder what exactly is going on. We heard, Herb. We heard. How can they not hear that? Well... If the characters in a radio show, they wouldn't hear the narrator, would they? But we've dealt with these newspaper types before, and we never heard any narration. Moidle's right. Oh, Mr. Goldwing, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to hear that. Yes, I will marry you. What? Um, nothing. I think I have to go file something.
as if with a single mind, everyone in the room decided it would be best to ignore what just happened. Yes, I think that would be best. So why are we hearing the narration now? How should I know? Maybe we're in a weird limbo. That doesn't make any sense. Watch it, Herb. It wasn't me. I think their Foley artist is a bit peeved at you. To be honest, folks, I'm as confused as they are. That's good to hear. See, this is why I don't do science fiction shows. Invariably, they start talking about time travel or other dimensions and tie you into knots trying to make it all make sense. When there's no way it can. I know what you mean. I feel the same way about train schedules. And she was doing so well. We'll return to throwing shade in just a moment. But first... Excuse me? Uh, first, a word from our sponsor. I'm sorry, but where are we supposed to go? What? Well, there was that, whatever sound that was, and then nothing. Where do we go? Um, somewhere else? That was the end of the scene. I don't really have any other information. Oh, dear. If we make our own decisions... We'll be right back to aliens. I'll take care of this. Come along, Anna. Let the narrator do the commercial. We can go get ice cream. Oh, I love sprinkles. Carry on. And wonderful work from one professional to another. you folks. I'll be glad when this one's over. It's giving me a headache. Which segues nicely into... Friends, does the stress of these unprecedented times make your head pound like the Salvation Army Band? Then look no further than Nitronol Headache Pills. Just a single pill a day keeps the headaches away. With just the right mixture of ethanol, nitroglycerin, and eucalyptus, nitronol headache pills are just what you need to relieve even your worst headache pain. It's an explosion of relief. And now, back to our story. Act 2, Scene 1, Surreality Bites. The plot twists like an Escher painting. That night, after everyone had left WNDY Radio, two clandestine figures silently entered Marion Sturgis's office through a window. One of these days, he's gonna let her go first. I'm all right. I'm all right. Shade, why are we back at Marion's office? We checked it out earlier today. I know, but I can't for the life of me remember anything about it. That's funny. Neither can I. I remember Otto walking us out of Sammy's office, but then... I know nothing! To be honest, everything up to opening that window is fuzzy. Hmm. This case gets weirder by the minute. First, everybody at the radio station hearing voices. Now this. Hopefully, we'll figure this out quickly and get back to normal. The shade and the vamp snapped on the lights. What they found was an office in disarray, as if a struggle had taken place. Such disarray! As if a struggle had taken place. Or someone was looking for something. I just don't understand. Why would anyone kidnap a writer? Especially Marion. Well, it might be... Wait, what do you mean, especially Marion? I still have major issues with how she writes this show. Women are never going to get anywhere if we stand in our own way. Are you saying all women have to think like you? Shade, do you remember that discussion we had about when you should say things and when you should not say things? Um, uh... (sighs) The Shade did, in fact, remember. I do, in fact, remember. Oh, you're saying this is one of those times where I should not say things. Bingo! Well, let's see if the goons who ransacked this office left any clues. 
Sure you don't want to wait around until one falls in your lap? Quiet, you. The Shade and the Vamp had just started searching when they heard a noise in the hall outside the door. Shade! Quick! Turn off the lights! Right! Wait, why are we hiding? Because those might be the people who ransacked the office. Right! Of course. Ha-ha! I'll hide behind the door. They'll never know what hit them. The Shade positioned himself by the door, just as it began to open. And just as he was about to leap out of the shadows to subdue the intruders, a voice called out. No need to leap from the shadows, Shade. It is I, the masked marauder. Melvin, the masked marauder. What was that? That was me. I'm here too. Anna, I told you, when we're in character, you need to use Marlowe's voice. <sighs> I'm here, too. Quite the entourage you brought, but why are you here? And more importantly, how did you know I was behind the door? Oh, that's simple. We heard the lady. Thank you, Herb. No problem. I knew you were there because of my heightened senses. All part of being the masked marauder. Except you're not. You're getting annoying, Herb. You can read minds? <gasps> Just like Mandrake the Magician. That's it. When this is over, I'm buying a cake. Can we please focus? What are you all doing here? Obviously, I came to offer my services to assist you in finding Marion. And wherever the masked marauder goes, I go. I didn't really have anything else to do. Okay, that one wasn't me. What wasn't you? All right, that was uncalled for. I thought it was a perfectly logical question. Look, I'm a professional just like you. Is he all right? He's fine. He's just here and... It doesn't matter. We're here to help. Oh, goody. I take it pointing out that you aren't actually the masked marauder and Marlowe Street won't make any difference? Not to him, it won't. Anna, my pet, we discussed this. While the masked marauder and Marlowe Street may be fictional characters, since we created them and brought them off the page, as it were, we are, for all intents and purposes, them. See? Right! We're them, for all intents and purposes. The vamp didn't know what worried her more, that Melvin made that argument, or that it made a certain kind of sense. I don't know what worries me more. We, we know. know. We, we heard. Before this gets any less understandable, let's just see if we can find any clues to who turned this place over. What are you talking about? Nobody turned Marion's office over. Obviously, if they did, the floor would be where the ceiling is. Oh, come on. Look at this place. Somebody obviously ransacked it. Oh no, that's just the way Marion liked it. Said she thrived in chaos. You know, just once I'd like a place that looks ransacked to actually be ransacked. Well, let's try to sift through all this and see why anyone would want to take Marion. You know, Herb, it's not all that helpful to just stand there rustling papers. Sorry. something. Anna? Sorry, I found something. What did you find? There's a whole stack of fan letters. Here, let me see. Marlo, you're clearly mistaken. Writers don't have fans. They don't? Then someone should write back to this fella and tell him he's not Marion's biggest fan. Maybe we should take a look at... Give me those. Good heavens, there's hundreds of letters. Shouldn't you be talking like the masked marauder? Not now. Th this is important. How can this be? She has more fan mail than... Than whom? 
other significantly more integral people on this show. Melvin was shocked to discover that Marion received more fan mail than he did. She gets more fan mail than you? That was totally uncalled for. Wait, how did you know? Why would anyone send fan letters to a writer? You have to admit, they are kind of important. Oh, please. The show would be equally good without a writer. Today's broadcast certainly proved that. That's because we were caught unawares. Yeah, we could have handled being spontaneous better if we'd known ahead of time. Exactly. Writers are merely tools of chipmunks slap happy twice the noodles hold the mayo. What? What? Don't upset writers, folks. Give me those. Wait, these all seem to be written by the same person. All of them? All of them? That fella who said he was her biggest fan? Yeah, he wrote her a lot. How did you know that? I'm a fast reader. Not now, Herb. Thanks, Herb. This Wendell Hauptman fellow really does like to write. Why, I am not surprised Marion had a fan who loved to overwrite as much as she did. I kept telling her she was wasting time with all that exposition. Most people call it plot. Backstories about supporting characters. People listen to the show for me. Us? Well, yes, I suppose. I think we might have a lead, Shade. We do? The letters start off complimentary, then become fawning. He sent her a dear? The room decided it was best to ignore that statement. And I, for one, can't say I blame them. Hey! But then they turn threatening. It's highly possible this Hauptman fellow went from threats to kidnapping. Really? Hmm, this last one, he says the reason the show's in a slump. Hey! hey! is because she's not listening to his ideas and he needs to show her the error of her ways. Sounds like we need to have a chat with Mr. Wendell Hauptman. Personally, I think we need to have a chat with Mr. Wendell Hauptman. That's why you're the masked marauder. Come along, Marlo. The masked marauder will make this right. Shouldn't we go after them? No need. They didn't look at the return address. <coughs> Thanks, Harp. Anytime. Excellent. This means we can check out Hauptman without any interference. We're back. Marlowe forgot to look at the address. You were saying? At that most tense of moments, Herb saved the day. I found something. You saved the day. Why was that a tense moment? What did you find, Herb? A business card from Luann Maven, the barely contented housewife. Odd. Why would Marion have a business card from the masked marauder's biggest competition? The main question is, why would Marion have a business card from our biggest competition? Ah, oh, and here I thought I was special. That's an excellent question, marauder. I think you and Marlowe should check it out. You do? You do? You do? I mean, you're right. Yes, you two should check out Luann Maven while the vamp and I look into Wendell Hauptman. You don't need our help. No. no. I mean, it's more efficient if we split up. All right. Come along, Marlo. The mask. Melvin and Anna ran off to see Luann Maven. That was helpful. Wasn't he in the middle of... Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Shade, let's go. Time and place, Herb. Time and place. I just wanted to know if I could come with. Can we say no? Turns out they couldn't. Fine, why not? Come on! You really are quite good. Two, scene two. If you love someone, ladder go. 
The Shade and the Vamp Encounter New Levels of Weirdness About an hour later, after an unsuccessful trip over the rooftops, Hey! That was most impressive, Herb, but you have to actually leap from rooftop to rooftop. Are you crazy? That's dangerous. <laughs> Nobody asked you. Our heroes arrived at the Hauptman Ladder Company in Herb Calpert's affordable and cozy Ford Model Y. <laughs> Not your best work. This is a very... Cozy. Cozy car. Definitely was going to say cozy. It's exceedingly affordable. And ingenious. True. I've never been in a car whose back seat was also the trunk. I don't have many passengers. It's fine. Says the woman riding up front. Who's resting her chin on her knees. You, you are impressively flexible. Let's just get out, shall we? Our heroes made their way to the rear of the building and found the back door unlocked. I always appreciate considerate criminals. Maybe this night won't be a complete bust. The Shade, Vamp, and Herb slowly entered the darkened building. Herb! Sorry. We need to do this silently. We want the element of surprise. You were saying? One of these days I'll remember to bring a flashlight. Is someone there? Um, no? No! Seriously? Who is there? Show yourself. Nobody here but us mice. No! What? At least I didn't say chickens. There's no way he believes that. See? Guess you are a mice. My apologies. No problem. Honest mistake. Ow! What was that for? General Principal. Good job, Herb. My pleasure. Let's go! Finally making their way silently, the three arrived at the door of a small office. That must be where he's keeping her. What do we do? There's only one door. Maybe we should, you know, go in. Solid plan. Herb, head back outside and cover the front of the building. Just in case this office has a window Wendell might want to use to jump out of when we come in. You got it. All right. Shall we, Shade? Let's shall, Vamp. In one fluid move, the Shade and the Vamp entered the office. Surprising the man behind the desk, one Wendell Helptman. What is this? You're not mice. Don't make any sudden moves, Helptman. I'm the Shade. And I'm the Vamp. Ah, yes. I have heard of you. Shade, with your ebony look and Vamp, you have quite the Harley Frankenzeller aura. Nice outfit. Thanks, I think. It has pockets. What brings you to my humble ladder factory? Are you in the market for a ladder? Significantly easier to climb than ropes. We're not. What kind of prices are we talking? Shade. What? We should always be open to new ways of doing things. Just how are we going to carry a ladder around with us? I have many collapsible models, easily portable under one arm. Ooh, I'd love to take a look at... Shade! A later time. That isn't right now, but later. So, if you aren't here for the ladders, what can I help you with? Marion Sturgis. Before the vamp could say another word, Wendell Helpsman leapt to his feet and sprang toward the open window behind his desk. Hey! I hate it when they run. Just think how much harder it would be carrying a ladder. Quiet, you. Come on! The Shade and the Vamp leapt out the window to find Wendell Helpman struggling in the grip of Herb Calpert. 
Herb, how did you catch him? I'm not really sure. I saw the window open, he jumped out and started running. Then I heard a bonk sound, and the next thing I know, I was holding on to him. I don't know what kind of magical mouse man you are. But let me go. I'm innocent. Is Hauptman innocent? I just said I was. Where is Marion Sturgis? That's what I want to know. Will the shade convince the vamp to buy a ladder? Vamp, do you get the feeling we're missing something? Answers to these questions may be half-heartedly attempted in next week's brain-chilling conclusion to Throwing Shade. We never met a episode we didn't like. Here's a sneak listen. Why? This has been Throwing Shade, sponsored by Nitronol Headache Pills. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, reminding you to stay safe and stay home. And listen to every episode of Throwing Shade. Check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash EFCT and become a monthly subscriber for exclusive access to rehearsal videos, outtakes, photos, fancy shade merchandise, and more. Plans start as low as $3 a month, so support your favorite podcast for mere pennies during the pandemic. And don't forget about our other podcasts, all part of the Eclectic Podcast Network. Deep Shadows, Bloody Bay, Cluster Monocyte, and the Half Hour Audio Hour, our monthly audio drama anthology. So there's something for everyone. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond and Kaylee Osterman. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Hool, Serena Johnston, Noelle Kleiss, Kaylee Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Julian Serna. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is Daniel Hool. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time. Same shade station. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Pond. And I'm Jessica Lauren Fisher. You might remember us from such podcasts as... Well, this one. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our followers on Patreon, including Karen Osterman and Cassie Russell, Mike Drugan, Lori Iyer, and our newest member, Natividad Salgado. It's thanks to your support that the shade keeps running. And falling into manholes. Quiet you. But if you're scared of commitment, like some people I could mention... I have no idea what you're talking about. You can make a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT. Which would be appreciated. Podcasting is a cold, lonely business. You have central heating and a Snuggie. You promise never to speak of the Snuggie. Anyway, thank you again for all your support. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Oh, boy.